This episode of the IGN UK podcast is brought to you by Alienware. Check out their latest generation of gaming laptops, desktops, monitors and accessories featuring truly out-of-this-world designs. Visit alienware.co.uk today. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's Big Energy Friday and I'm Simon. Show us your energy, Joe. Yay! Matt, energy. <laughs> yeah, I think you I'm... echo the souls of us all. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. It has, but you know what that means? It means we've got a lot to talk about on this week's podcast, including all the stuff from Gamescom last night, all the stuff from DC Fandom, which was only about five or six days ago, but feels feels like an eternity ago at this point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> and, it had happened. <laughs> I know. And a couple other bits. It does mean I'm gonna I'm gonna just let some people down. Now some people may cheer when they hear this. There will be no endless search this week because of the sheer amount of things we actually have to talk about. And well there was one person last time said you don't even need to do the game, just please put the music in. Mm. I don't think we should. It could be the final music. Yeah, should we just play it at the end instead? So if you really want to hear the endless search music, you have to wait till the and end why of the podcast. You? Code Code are legends. Exactly. But, yeah. But there you go. Should we start off with some uh, some talk about some games Let's that we saw with last it. night? Let's kick it off. We talked briefly about it last week, but now we know a lot more about it. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, which was technically revealed on Wednesday, but we learned a little bit more about it yesterday because we saw Reagan giving a lovely speech, uh, as he does. You know, uh, well, or did. Is, imagine, I, I did this as a tweet, but imagine being the person in 2020 that had to recreate a photorealistic Richard Nixon. Like, Imagine how weird your life would feel for that period, especially if they had to do it during lockdown. Just sitting on their own in their house, sculpting those folds in his horrible face. <laughs> Mental. I mean, do you mean Reagan or Nixon? Uh, wait. It's the, Reagan. The, Reagan, you know, I that mean, one. Nixon. The guy who was on the screen. <laughs> Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Not Reagan from The Exorcist, though. That's a very different Reagan, although both have very severe dark energy, you could say. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but severe Ops, dark energy. <laughs> Black Ops Cold War is a sequel to Black Ops 1, which is, you know, why not? People like that one. I see what they're doing. They're going back to what people like. Uh, are you excited for this, Matthew? No. Sorry. <laughs> I, um, this has just confirmed to me, like I've said before, I don't really like the Treyarch um, Call of Duties. I'm sure it will okay. play great and I will play the campaign and I will just complain about it. But... Um, <clears throat> I don't. I'm not into the idea of playing a game where I'm playing the chums of Reagan going on deeply illegal missions. That may missions. take a turn, though. You never know. It may take a turn. I don't trust it too. That's my thing. Like I, I've always, I've seen quite a lot from Infinity Ward where they do a really interesting thing where they talk about how far you have to push the boundaries in conflict and the and especially the earlier modern warfare's were to do with the discomfort around that, and I felt the new reboot of Modern Warfare tried to deal with that as well. Um, the whole thing of them sitting around that desk just going, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do an illegal mission. <sighs> it just it just it doesn't sit with me right, even though my, I think mm-hmm. it looks like the most gorgeous video game ever made. Oh, don't my yeah, favourite bit of that, of that trailer 
that they showed last night is the weird shift in energy when they're all just doing like deep, you know, we've got to do some stuff chat. Mm. And then that one guy just out of nowhere is just like, every mission we do is illegal. You're like, whoa, dude, you brought a totally different vibe to He's this He's bringing table. big energy. And that's what I appreciate. He was, he was so big energy. It was um, so yeah, that, weird. That briefing scene didn't do a lot for me. I mean, it looks gorgeous. I love the and hair. The hair is yeah. good. Very good hair. But the actual gameplay trailer we saw before, I was into that because it looks like there's a good variety of missions, mm-hmm, a lot definitely. more, some big set pieces you can see going on already. The Vietnam mission, I don't know if you've read about that, seems really cool. It's like a flashback that also seems to bring in weird, almost control-like elements, just like big doors dropping out of nowhere into the ground and stuff. What? Just like, I think it's meant to be, you know, going into the numbers, the Mason, of the, the numbers. Yeah, it's going into that a bit. But see, I'm into that They've described that side. it as their most unique Call of Duty level ever. Okay, I'm down for that, and I like, you know, as I was saying the other week, kind of like I like the idea of them trying to put a little bit of the kind of sci-fi sleeper agent side to it, Mm -hmm. because that also is, it's a cool thing to think about in like that, that conspiracy theory from the war. And I'd rather lean into conspiracy theory so that we can do kind of cooler things that are a bit more video gamey rather than dealing with with a very prickly part of history yeah. where i think if you play it too straight it just comes across a bit oh, potentially going to be some alternate history stuff yeah. just like the mm-hmm. original black ops and also the thing i don't know if it's just the vietnam mission but i heard them talking about it is that some of the levels are pretty open like they're a big open area with multiple objectives mm-hmm. including side objectives which you don't normally see in a call of duty mm. so no, i think didn't they try that out in black ops 2 that's almost like a hot yeah black ops 2 had that stuff mm-hmm. that was one of the first things i ever did in this industry was write up an interview from black ops 2 and i remember being like whoa this is changing the game guys <laughs> <This is> crazy <laughs> well let's see if they do it this time uh i will play the campaign it remains so to be I? seen what it entails yeah I'm, uh, I'm, also honestly, how it affects warzone as well well that's it i'm i'm at the point where I, all i really care about is warzone so i'm just the fact that they haven't talked about what the integration for that means yet is super interesting to mm. me like yeah. barring the know your history event which if you didn't play it basically you did a black we did a battle royale but something was going all weird and redacting cool. all the place names in the town <laughs> you've been in for yeah. a year you did a <laughs> simple mission you got a you got the bay of pigs gun blueprint at the end mm. which was for the sks which is my least favorite gun in the whole <laughs> game so cheers for that lads i guess the sks uh, is a bit more 80s ish though isn't it, it so is, i suppose it but, fits you know do the car 98 or something that people actually use. I love I love that it's the Bay of Pigs one as well. It's like, it's the worst gun and it's got a failed missions name <laughs> attached to it. Exactly. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm buying it so far, but yeah, it remains to be seen where they go with that. Um, Dragon Age 4. Yeah, boy. I've never played a Dragon Age. Oh, Cardi. I've only played Inquisition, <laughs> but that was enough because... Not as in I didn't like it, as in that was enough to get me excited for this because the ending to that game just led me to want to play more Dragon Age. I actually never did Trespasser, the DLC, which apparently expands on that ending quite a lot. But um, they, so the, you, you know, the uh, elf man making the funny faces that they showed Cardi during <laughs> yeah. that? Uh, yeah. That guy's called Solus. He has one of the best twist endings in games. Um, okay. And. Uh, it was brilliant to have him so, appear. I wasn't aware of this. I assumed that the Dragon Age stories were very separate. They actually a run through of 
the there Dexter is sort of a running universe they are quite they're, they're distinctly separate in that you play a different person each time um mm-hmm. but there's always been like the gray wardens are sort of part of it who were the people that you played in the first game and like by the time you get to inquisition the gray wardens are sort of split up but one of your party members is a gray warden or an ex gray warden i can't remember quite um so it's kind of like this fantasy universe that evolves and like a character from the expansion to the first game was a major character in the second game so it has those kind of flowing bits but mm-hmm. i think because of like what joe was saying about solus towards the end of um inquisition i feel like four might be the most directish sequel they might it feels do like it's got to be right like mm-hmm. it would be kind of nuts if it isn't um like well, we can spoil Inquisition, I guess, but I'm, like, I'm not going to go necessarily directly into it. But there's like a very apocalyptic vibe, um, <laughs> so you kind of expect something to come from it. But for you know, when we see these teasers for games that don't exist yet, I thought this was actually one of the best ones I've seen. Where it's like we can't really tell you very much, but we'll have a bunch of people telling you kind of what we're going for. We'll have concept art, we'll have teasers, we'll have new voice actors and new character names, and you're like. I didn't learn very much about what Dragon Age 4 is, but I feel like I got a good look at it, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. People seemed very excited. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was... I think there was a lot to be interested in if you're interested in that in that series. And I think that's what it was designed for. It was designed to placate the people who want Dragon Age rather than get new Dragon Age people in. Mm-hmm. It's like the names that they use. Like You've got Mark Dara, who's like the first person they brought on, who is like old school bioware so he was kind of like producer on the first one i'm fairly sure he was involved in Baldur's gate because dragon age is the spiritual successor to the original Baldur's gate games um so you've got all of that coming through there was concept art that got dorian in it who's a fan favorite Mm. character so like it looks like he's coming back it doesn't look like anywhere in the world that we've sort of been there's a lot more snow a lot more as joe says an almost slightly apocalypse vibe to like big secluded places and stuff like that so yeah it's it's got me very excited and the music is there and all of that the thing the thing i liked was they said this is a story about someone who doesn't have power in a world where the people in power don't do anything and i thought that was quite a cool little thing is that also matt you know better than me is that a hint towards tevinter stuff where it was like possibly because they're like evil empire type stuff but um the the thing I liked was I immediately saw people being like, what, the character's got no powers? It's like, no, it's Dragon Age. You're going to become <laughs> the, a magical saviour of the world. Spend I don't the whole think game you need to running, worry about that. Running around with your fists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But well, yeah. that looks like it's at least at least three years off? Two years? Three? Oh. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be fucking ages. Don't yeah. you worry about it. They're making Anthem 2.0. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Poor bastards. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, people still haven't got that Mass Effect remaster there, which everyone asks for every month of the year. But look, maybe it'll come one day if they maybe can well. announce Skate Four. There's a possibility. Yeah, I'm actually playing them. Uh, there's you got your big games. You've also got your smaller games. Teardown. Yes, looks, that's the first I've seen of Teardown. I've been um, excited for Teardown for a little while. Yeah, and that, I was delighted to see it fun. turn up. Uh, I just like this. You know let alone the fact it has a game inside it, just a world where you can destroy everything. <laughs> so, Sounds fun to me. It was funny because so the first time I heard about this was I tweeted that 
I wanted a game version of the Slipknot video for Duality, yes. where they're just where it's a load of people smashing up a house, and mm-hmm. I just wanted that. And then like you just three want to push people your fingers into your eyes, yeah. And then three people linked me to uh, linked me to Teardown, and I looked at it and I was like, yes, this is the game that I want. <laughs> uh, so I'm super into it. Like I do, I'm. I don't want to kind of sniff at the actual game because there's a cool idea at the heart mm. of it. If you don't know, basically, you smash up a place and then you're smashing it up with <laughs> a view towards being able to pull off a very perfect heist. heist. Um, yeah. But it's a heist where no one's there to stop you from smashing <laughs> the entire place up in the first place. Yeah, so I read up about it. So apparently, I don't know if you do that prep and then you start the heist. I don't know which way around it works. That's, that's what the trailer soon, suggests that, that you do. That, yeah. I believe is the deal. So you're there. as soon you, as you... You smash the heist, the alarms go off, and you're on a clock basically to get out. Um, I think what it is, rather than thinking of it as a as a heist game in the way that we think about it, it's almost like you're preparing a speed run. I think that's the better way to think of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm. I kind of hope there is a free mode where I can just like you know just like fuck everything up and it falls over nicely. That's what I want. That's what they should have called the game. Fuck Fuck everything everything up. up. Yeah. Uh, also another indie game, 12 Minutes, from Anna Perna, starring now Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley. Mental. Like the cast. Um, like uh, I, I tweeted last night, but no one cared. Uh, Willem Daf- putting Willem Dafoe in your game never ends badly. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, but this one genuinely does look brilliant. I can't wait for this game. This is the thing, right? We've seen this t- twice in major events, mm. and it obviously communicates itself quite well. Everyone's very excited for a game where we've basically not seen what the game is. Like, I am slightly worried. I'm that just could... into the vibe. I think it's. I don't think there's going to be much of a game in that. I think mm. it is. They call it an interactive thriller for a reason. I think. Yeah. I think you're walking around inside a film, effectively. Like I love which the... I'm up for. Yeah, I love the vibe and I love the the conceit. But it is funny seeing how much excitement there is for a game where it's just like. We haven't seen the fucking game yet. We've seen two trailers with different no. voices in them. That's it. Uh, yeah, we saw it at E3 last year mm. and seen it again now. Not seen much more of it. We know who's in it now. They said coming soon. I just kind of want to... When? It I does, just wanna, kinda it, wanna it does it. feel like, you know, it, very clearly James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley are the people in bed. So is is Willem Dafoe the horrible hitman that's coming and is fucking them up? Or is he the is or is he he a narrator? narrator? I do yeah, hope I he's know. the horrible man coming to kill them, because that's good casting. Yeah. He he can play horrible men. Although I'm sure in real life he's a lovely man. I'm just assuming that. Big old dick. Have you seen it? It's incredible. <laughs> Genuinely. He's a blessed uh, man. Antichrist. Yeah. 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 Um, that's not what he calls it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Matt looks unhappy uh, with this conversation. The, <laughs> I, the only the problem is, is when you talk about Willem Dafoe's dick, is all I can think of is Antichrist, and yeah. that's not a good situation yeah. for it. No. Yeah. Well, in happier better times, than, better than better than calling it the Green Goblin, um, <laughs> pumpkin bomb. Carry <laughs> uh, on, carry um, on. A big, a nice surprise. Uh, not, I've never really cared about The Sims since I was probably about. 10 or 11 but um i do like the idea of being able to build your own star wars cantina inside it yeah it seems all right uh, I, there is something very nice about hearing a stormtrooper speaking in simlish yeah. like when he when he saw there's a bit where he sees a transport and he's just like herv get dark 
And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what a ledge. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't know anything about this. Um, I'm not sure how big an expansion it is, but it looks quite extensive from the trailer. It, they, yeah, Sims is often very, you know, it's famously kind of micro transaction in in a way it releases stuff and that's how it keeps being a billion dollar mm. empire or whatever it is but this does look like a proper th- I, I, when they started showing it i was like is this a sim spin-off like in the old school where they did the herbs and all that kind of stuff <laughs> had they gone back but no it is a full add-on of some kind so yeah i'm quite excited like i don't know if i'll ever play it but I'm kind of no, glad it no. exists and that I'll see people playing it. You know, when you see people making really good stuff in games, you're like, I'm so happy I didn't have to make that to see it. That's the thing. That's all I used to ever do in The Sims is build a house and then stop playing. I never actually played the actual game of, mm. you know, doing The Sims Live life. Live a life. You know, doing, I don't know, have a job, set things <laughs> on fire and stop a burglar. I don't know. That's that's what The Sims is to me. Uh, but yeah. Uh, more Fall Guys is coming. That's a surprise to no one. Uh, I really liked that they went kind of with a new skin vibe. That's cool. Yeah, they're kind of going for the Fortnite route, aren't they, of each season is themed on something, uh, which is probably quite a smart model to follow yeah. in as they make billions of dollars. Yeah, um, I, I had no idea that was the way they were going to take it. Like, It just didn't occur to me uh, at all. So when they started showing, I was like, this is a really cool idea. I want to play it so much. And it's quite a clever way of well as well of like that one new they showed two new rounds it looked like. The mm. one where you have to like move blocks to get out to the top of a race looked really cool. The second one kind of looked like the hoops a daisy game where you have to get through hoops, but I think reskinning it with the medieval stuff and adding a new element is a clever way of not having to come up with brand new games every mm-hmm. single time. Just yep. kind of tweaking original ones. So exactly. Just move what, well they've talked before to us about wanting to change games so that you can't get perfectly good at them so i love the idea that we'll see you know medieval slime climb versus candy slime climb or whatever like i think there's something to that that idea of you're not just reskinning but you're retweaking so that people can't become genius level fall guys players without real effort and i think that's that's a very smart idea mm-hmm. that game is just yep. good as fuck it's very fun isn't it yeah. uh, i think season two is I think there's still like 40 odd days left yeah. on this battle pass so it's a little while away but not ages so that looks fun uh medal of honor above and beyond is a fully vr medal of honor game mm. which looks on paper interesting i'm not sure if it's again it's going to be the situation because it's fully vr will i ever actually play it i um, i loved that they started off being like this is more than just a just a fun action game we've talked to veterans and stuff and it's just a fucking tarantino film for the rest of that trailer and just the um all the things they were talking about it's like in vr you can actually look around the corner and see enemies like this is the same thing people have been saying about vr for like five years now we understand that you can look around a corner at an enemy in vr yeah it is it is Um, done by respawn though so yeah yeah i trust it will be good Mm -hmm. it's just i think it's going to be the problem people have for a little while after half-life alex as by all accounts, I haven't played it. Pretty much nailed the first-person shooter in VR. How is how are people going to follow that up? Yeah, I it. mean, I say it respawns the people I trust to do it, and like, I think it makes sense to rebirth Medal of Honor as something that's not just Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that it's it's leaning back on it's an OSS game. It's about like a single person like having a Spielbergian adventure in World War II, which is mm. what those original ones were. I kind of like that it's a bit of a throwback in that. And 
it'll give me an M1 Garand that I can fire <laughs> without ever having to kill real people. So uh, the the thought of doing D-Day in VR does terrify me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't um, sound like it would be nice. Uh, and hiding from the Gestapo, the idea <laughs> yeah. of having to be the the, the characters from the start of uh, Inglorious Bastards makes me quite upset. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's weird that we choose to relive the horrors of people of 70 years ago. But <laughs> like, then out of choice. a lot of that trailer is very clearly just like, fuck yeah. up the Nazis. Uh, the bit where he puts mm-hmm. a grenade up a mail tube, I was like, yes, please, <laughs> this is the game I want. Because when they were doing like, it's going to be, when they were teasing it, it's like, this is a sad reflection on the on the horrors of the war. I was like, I don't need that in VR. But when I saw grenade up a tube, 100% in. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's me done. <laughs> For as far as I'm aware, you can also beat someone up with a frying pan, which sounds great. Perfect. I'm in. Yep. Well done, Respawn. Yep. I'll give it a go. Another uh, win for that? Big Zint, Vince. When uh, can we expect that one? Let's let's have a look. Uh, holiday 2020, I believe. He's done it. The... Oh, that soon. That soon. Mm-hmm. I did not know. There you go. Um, Ratchet and Clank are back and looking as sparkly as ever. Mm. That was... It's, I think it's hard... I know what they're doing. It's hard to convey how powerful a PS5 is until you actually are going to be able to play it, I think, and realise that there is no loading screen, no stutter on that. Because like, all clips we see of games don't have that anyway because mm. they're pre-recorded. But it did look very impressive. I love that they're beautiful. I love that their approach to it was essentially just uh, what the PS5 can do is make things really busy. It's just so yeah. busy. There's so many elements to look at, and I thought that's a smart way to like get something across of what you'll be doing. Like, I still don't think I, I'm still fully of the opinion, and I agree with Tom Marks on this that like the visual upgrade is not that impressive. It's what you do around the visuals mm-hmm. now. It's just creating unprecedented amounts of stuff at high speed. That's going to be what defines this generation, at least for a while. Especially as I think Ratchet & Clank on PS4 was pretty much as good as you can... Like That was almost Pixar-like quality. It was like, beautiful. It's, it's hard to make that look Watching this any better, Ratchet & Clank, style. I think it probably indicates how well they did on the 2016 one, because mm. it doesn't look that different. No. Like It's very, mm-hmm. very similar. Um, just, I'm, I'm very glad they appear to be leaning heavily into and i know they've always done this to a certain extent but the weapon stuff that's always mm-hmm. been the ratchet and clank like element that i enjoy i don't really give a shit about those characters or that world but the idea of just having mad bullshit constantly thrown at me is very cool um and yeah they made a big show of how much there's in there so that's cool it's really fun and i like the idea they went into a bit more detail on those haptic triggers or they have mm-hmm. to the haptic feedback and the triggers on the dual sense that I do like that idea if you have a weapon that you like half press the trigger it does one mm. projectile but if you fully press it in, it does both barrels that I don't know how I haven't touched a dual sense so I don't know how are you going to be accidentally firing two triggers all the time is it that going to take getting used to it's good to see people finally making good on the promise of the GameCube in 2020 but you know <laughs> um, the, I think the interesting thing with with DualSense, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a learning curve to using that thing if people are properly going into it. Um, I don't think we've talked about on the podcast yet the thing they released where they had loads of developers talking through what they're going to do mm-hmm. with it. One of those being Deathloop saying your guns can jam and your triggers will physically jam. 
um, yeah. which sounds mental. I, I got an amazing response to a, my tweet about that. I can't remember who it was, and I'm very sorry, but someone who said, like, I'm really worried that I'm just going to slam... <laughs> I think he said I'm going to break my triggers if I put some beans into it, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. That, it's going to be hard to know if your controller's broken anymore. <laughs> That's it. Is my, it my gun's jammed all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of odd. But... It, um, yeah, I think Ratchet and Clank looks good. Mm. That's my that's my takeaway. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play it. And they said launch window as well, so that and Spider Man around launch time. Insomniac are having a good time there. Yeah. Uh, uh, one more we're going to talk about. So we're not going to talk about everything because mm. there was tons. It's something that wasn't actually a uh, opening night live, but an IGN exclusive. Mm. Joe, tell us about Sendress. Sendress is this. So we to point it out. We're so IGN is covering. Uh, the rest of Gamescom post opening night live. Um, so there was a live show afterwards, and there's live shows every day until Sunday. Watch it, even though it's late for the UK. But you know, if you're just in bed or whatever. Um, but we announced a few things yesterday. We showed off uh, more of Observer. We had Blood Bowl three, which I'm kind of interested in. Um, I like the look of well. There's Aragami two, which is cool. That Tenchu game where they now it's like a three player co op thing, which is kind of cool. But the one that really caught my eye was this game Sendress which is by a new studio called Nameless13, which is co-founded by one of the guys that started Dontnod, who did uh, Life is Strange and Vampire and Remember Me, uh, if you remember that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, <laughs> and now his new game, Sendress, is this like horrifically bleak-looking narrative survival game, which is not the most exciting uh, way to shout it out, but... If you watch the trailer, I think you get a good sense of it. You've got this party of four characters trying to get to a safe haven in essentially a black and white apocalyptic world who have to make decisions on the way. But it sounds like it sounds like there's a lot to it. So there's survival aspects of like scavenging and food, but it sounds more like management than boring walking around chopping down trees and that kind of survival side of stuff. But it's also got like morally grey decision making along the way your party members can die depending on your decisions which will change what your party can do um which all leads to like i think they said it's 16 different endings um wow. and i don't know how long it's going to be but it, like there's a lot about it that i think looks really interesting it's got a very in like cool like austere look to it as well um i yeah. really like the trailer the music sounds really good as well yeah and yeah i'm properly into that but it's one of those any idea when we'll be playing it I yeah. think it's 2021 let me have a look Sendress <laughs> <laughs> IGN I wrote the fucking news story I should remember yeah. 2021 like Steam good we are bringing this big energy and that's yeah. all I wanted for everyone do you know who else was being in big energy <laughs> DC last weekend they've nailed the online live stream yeah uh, I know everyone said it but it was very impressive. I, that showcase, uh, the, my favourite thing about it is that it was basically by accident. Because do you remember what that show was originally meant to be? It was no. 24 hours of clashing pla panels across five different virtual stages uh, that you may have even had to have like walked around or navigated around in real time. <laughs> um, so at the time, we, in terms of covering it, we were freaking out. And when the fans were like, why are you doing this? Make yeah. it so I can watch things in order. Uh, when they changed it, it suddenly became the best curated show of the year. Like, yeah. no no offence to IGN running Gamescom right now, but <laughs> we've got four days to do stuff. They had eight hours, and I thought that, I thought that showcase was absolutely fantastic. Amazing. 
let's talk about some of our favourite things. Um, the Batman, the film, mm. the Matt Reeves movie with Robert Pattinson as the Bat, Paul Dano as the Riddler, Colin Farrell as Richard Kind, uh, <laughs> aka <laughs> the Penguin. <laughs> um, um, it looks brilliant to me. That is what I want from a Batman film. I'm fully in on Patterson. Like Paul Dano is one of my favorite actors, yes. and the Riddler is one of my is always been my favorite Batman villain. So I'm very excited for this. Sorry, someone's cutting something down outside my house. I'm going to close the window. Uh, is it the Riddler? Uh, it might be the Riddler. <laughs> He's carving a big question mark into a tree. Um, the I am amazed by the number of ways that Batman can be repurposed for film. I love that they've done like goth camp gritty urban movie and now it's just emo <laughs> like, now it's it's David Fincher film now. seven yeah. yeah it was very seven wasn't it yeah which and, I'm into I mean get Nirvana on it why not and um yeah oh no not Nirvana yeah it was, was it yeah my brain's gone yeah, wrong um the yeah I like I, I really like the look of it I am I'm concerned that it might in full be a bit much but I'm not sure yet I can't tell yeah. I love the look of it I love his mad hot rod car because that feels like there's a tiny bit of Tim Burton to that like it feels like they're leaning slightly into slight madness um, which I think is good fun and the yeah, car yeah. mostly reminds me of the the 66 car yeah that's true it's just that with a massive fucking engine on the back yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that a lot of the outfits are kind of just like pretty homemade as well like if that is we're presuming that's the Riddler doing like the cellar taping up. Presumably, we're not. Yeah, um, Penguin just just look, just look like a middle aged man. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, Catwoman. I've completely gone blank. What's it? Sorry, Kravitz. Yeah, yeah. That looks like a very just homemade Catwoman outfit mm-hmm. as well. So I'm into that kind of just very grounded. Like Batman to me is always his best when it's grounded. Mm. I'm uh, same with uh, the graphic novels as well. I was like the more just down-to-earth detective stories so i'm hoping this is hoping there's gonna be a lot of detective basically i want it to be seven but instead of brad pitt and morgan freeman you've got jeffrey wright and robert pattinson as batman and gordon can we talk about how jeffrey wright somehow has gone under the radar as the most perfect looking commissioner gordon of all time (laughs) yeah like as soon as he appeared i was like that's just comic book gordon (laughs) like how does he look so perfect it's amazing it's so good tash and glasses there's also and it's a job done. Uh, I saw oh no, I can't remember his name. I saw someone. I think it was the East. I think it's EastEnders. There's an EastEnders man in it. Yeah, um, Trevor from EastEnders. That's it. Trevor from EastEnders is in it because I saw he's in Chernobyl as well. Yeah, I saw the Independent a great like time. literally run a whole story about Trevor from EastEnders is in Batman. <laughs> it's really good. It's a very prominent shot in that show. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Funny, but yeah. That's only from I think they said twenty five percent of the film has been shot. So yeah, in, yeah. in Liverpool of all, like, I, I had know, no idea yeah. they were using Liverpool Gotham as a, Liverpool yeah. as a proxy for Gotham. And they're shooting more in London soon, so maybe keep your eye out. You may see a Batman. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, another film, Suicide Squad. Yeah, that I still can't like. I'm worried about this film because. Although I love Guardians of the Galaxy, this seems 
one step too far for James Gunn to me. This seems like his ultimate fan fiction film from the way he speaks about it. And that trailer is just like non-stop cast, annou- cast announcements. Just like, there's 20-odd people in this. About 75%, I think, never ever heard of. <laughs> but it's just like, the point is you know they're the just going to die. Like, they're just gone. Well, yeah. yeah, I suppose so. It, but I just... The reason why death in the Marvel films is important is because you actually give a shit about those people. Like, no one gives mm. a shit about any of these characters. There's not one person outside of Harley Quinn that anybody other than the deepest DC fan person will know. I think I you're just... talking shite, mate. Polka Dot Man, <laughs> played by David Dasmalkian, <laughs> is a wicked idea. I'm genuinely into it. <laughs> He's I one can't of the believe creepiest that. actors to me. I love him. I think it's he's mainly because of prisoners. He's creep. <laughs> he's horrible. In, horrible in prisoners. Well, he's not horrible, but and know. in Blade Runner, he's, he's a bit Coco creepy. in Blade Runner. Still <laughs> mad. There's a character called Coco in Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> he's creepy. He's even creepy in the five minutes he's in the Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I I came out much more positively out of this than you. Like I am into the idea of James Gunn being able to, if he is allowed which remains to be seen, but it sounds like they're going for it. If he's allowed to lean into his roots with trauma and just make a fucking mm-hmm. gross, like, gore-filled, that's what, kill-off-all-the-heroes well, thing. That's what we don't know. Thing. Do we know it's going to be R-rated yet? Do we know it? I mean, so they specifically called is, out exploding it? genitals, so I'm assuming it okay. has to be. I think that's, exploding that's, genitals that's is straight-up R. Get Willem Dafoe in there. Get um, Willem <laughs> Dafoe. He's the expert. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? That's what I was going to say about Yeah, they... James Gunn said he's talked to his special effects guy in the film, who's also the guy he worked with on a lot of the Marvel films as well. And he said that the Suicide Squad has more explosions than every Marvel film combined. <laughs> and he didn't say that with like his tongue in his cheek or anything. I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe practical explosions would be the way you get around it. I've I think it's they been said 20, 22 Marvel films, hasn't there? 23 yeah. now. Yeah, I'm but just, I bet most of those explosions weren't film. real. You see? Yeah. That's how they get you. I want it to be good. I'm still confused by this whole concept of is this a reboot? Is this a sequel? Because some of the members of the last film are still there, yeah. of course. like What is the whole plan of this? Well, they've got a multiverse now, so it doesn't matter. Are they pretending it never happened, which is probably the best thing to do for everyone involved? Yeah, I think it's all right. But then aren't you cutting out... How did Birds of Prey work? Like, that was definitively set afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because... I mean, not that Jared Leto was in it, but it was she had broken up with him. Yeah. That was moving on. I don't know whether actually the answers you'll need will be in The Flash because The Flash is going to be the film that actually on screen... I Flash though, Matthew. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra, but I like Muschietti. Like, he's a good director. Yeah. It's supposed um, to have said Michael Keaton. I do Michael want, Keaton I do has designed the, the Flash suit. Like, not Michael what? Keaton, but Michael Keaton's Batman has oh, God, designed I thought the... you say actual Michael no. Keaton was doing costume design. <laughs> there, there is a certain nerdy pleasure, I think, in the idea of seeing Keaton and Batfleck in one place and, like, mm-hmm. what else that could mean. There's going to be a bunch of weird references to stuff in there that beyond those two casting choices. Um, I like that they're in, indulging the DC... TV stuff. Not that I ever got super into it. I quite liked the the Flash TV series for a couple of series or seasons, um, and I love that they have actually built in that idea that like uh, 
Grant Gustin's Flash accidentally gave the superhero name to Ezra Miller, his character likes it. So, <laughs> so there's this like weird little extra kind of Easter egg that you don't need to have, but it's a fun thing. Like this, this stuff to it that I think is is genuinely quite fun. Um, it also apparently opens the idea that like Gotham Knights could have those characters appear and stuff because. Not that it will necessarily, but like the multiverse extends across everything now, um, which means these crossovers are allowed. Which I think I just there's a lot more to be interested in in DC now than there was maybe yeah. a year or two ago. And I'm kind of yeah, I'm, I'm into a lot it. more interested off this weekend of stuff because not only have we got a Suicide Squad film, we've got a Suicide Squad game, Sunset uh, Overdrive Two. Wow, <laughs> that is. That is what it looks like, Joe. Uh, who you? So you've got the four they've announced so far: Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang. Oh, I always just call Mister Boomerang because I think it's funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, Deadshot, King Shark. Those are the four. I don't know if it's going to be limited to four. They'll probably have extras come in at some point. You think so? I think the implication to me is that it's a four-player game. That's what I got okay. out of it. Um, but who you fancy in there? Well, I like that that trailer. Uh, Mr. Boomerang became instantly more enjoyable than Jai Courtney's entire performance as that character, yeah. um, which was interesting. He's the one that caught my eye to play as. He looked like it'd be fun. And um, yeah, I I like the idea of Rocksteady being maybe a little bit crueler in this. Like it looks like there's gonna be a certain amount of sort of grossness, which you'd hope from Suicide Squad. Um, I'm yeah. not convinced by. Whatever those fucking enemies are, um, you have like, to have some sort of grunt, don't well, you? Well, that's it. Just like little purple skeleton boys. I don't know. It didn't look great. As long as they, if they explode into like purple goo, I'm kind of into. But it. That, that, that's the thing. Everything you're saying is what Sunset Overdrive did, yeah. and like mm-hmm. that would be fine. But you know, at what point are we getting I, into I a situation where steady to make that feel good, um, yeah. combat-wise? Anyway, the whole idea of the game, of course, is to kill the Justice League. We saw evil Superman mm-hmm. uh, doing some nasty laser business. Um, I think they confirmed there's, there's seven members of the Justice League you have to capture or kill. Mm. I think they said that, I can't remember which three it is now, can only be captured, they can't be killed. I think it was Superman, Wonder Woman, and one other that I forgot. Green Lantern, maybe? Like, that would be people that are that, too powerful for you to reasonably kill. They said this is in this one is in the Arkham universe. Mm. So, and Batman wasn't on that list, so Batman can be killed. Well, but also Batman is canonically faking his death in the Arkhamverse at the moment. So, I suppose we don't know how when this is set, do we? Yet? Mm. Um, because there was no hint. Were there? I'm trying to think now. In the Arkham games, do they ever mention the Justice League? Or isn't there a Fortress of Solitude reference or something somewhere. I'm sure there's Easter eggy stuff, but I don't think they ever bring them in as like, mm-hmm. you know, a going concern in that way. Yeah, but I'm, it looks like a bright world as well. It'd be nice to go to Metropolis because we'll talk about uh, Gotham Knights in a bit. I do love Batman and I love Gotham, but there's only so many times I can play in Gotham at night mm. and it feel different. I think whereas a nice bright Metropolis sounds a nice place to play to me. Still a couple of years away, but mm-hmm. I'm up very for different well. architecture as well. Metropolis, like it is a very yeah. different city. It's obviously it's not gothic. It's much more kind of Art Decoy and stuff like that. So I think mm-hmm. it will feel distinctly different alongside the fact that we're playing 
just yeah. horrible characters. Mm. We we don't know as much as we do uh, when you compare it to Gotham Knights. We don't know. Well, it's not out until 2022, if, is it? Exactly. Like, we don't. I'm still not sure what the online elements are. I assume the campaign will be four player co-op, but then is there multiplayer? Like, do we know if that one is at all games of service? Well, have they there was, gone into that? The, there was a rumor a while back where um, people thought Rocksteady were making a Justice League game in the vein of Destiny, and obviously mm. that has not come to fruition. If if indeed that's what they were doing at some point. But whether that means that this is actually a possibly a first-person game, which would make sense with the ranged weaponry that we're looking at for most of those characters, um, whether that means game of service, whether that means other characters, like there's quite it kind of feeds into the idea quite well. Um, again, like it's a massive rumor. Who who actually knows what that thing is aside from Rocksteady and WB? But it wouldn't surprise me to see that. As a as a game of service in a big shared world um, of some yeah. kind, do you think first? I don't think it'll be first person. I, I don't be because third. of the amount of flying that was suggested in it. I'd imagine it'd be third. It's easier to fly in third, mm. and it's easier to do the first person. Sorry, the the melee stuff, mm-hmm. but also, like Joe says, quite a lot of those characters, like Harley aside, like Deadshot is entirely, almost entirely kind of ranged. Um, King Shark isn't maybe. Well, he's got a minigun in that trailer, though. Well, yeah. Hmm. But King Shark, I guess, is typically known for eating stuff more than he Mm. is kind of like shooting stuff with minigun. I I genuinely don't know. Like, there's so little to pull from that trailer. It would be odd if you played a dead shot and you couldn't even look down sights, like aim down sights on a gun. That would feel a bit odd. I I guess it would. Like, is it Ghost Recon? It's a third person game, but when you look down sights, you get a first person Mm -hmm. view. Like, there's plenty of ways to do it. I just. I'm surprised that Deathstroke isn't in it, which was my main sort of disappointment from it. I, was well, I do, to... I do wonder whether that's you know, they they could just have fifteen characters or something in the mm-hmm. end version. Mm-hmm. Like we might just have seen this this like taste of a a, a party yeah. or something. Um, mm-hmm. And I would be a lot more interested, I think, if there were like a bunch of people to play as. I think that could be really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, God knows what that game is. So I'll who wait. cares? But that one looks very fun. So does Gotham Knights, which is one or two player co-op, not four player, mm. which I initially thought, seeing as they showed four characters in the trailer. But um, I'm well up for this one as well. This one is much more like an Arkham game, despite not being in the Arkham universe. Mm. Um, you've got your Gotham Knights, you've got your Batgirl, your Robin, your Nightwing, and your Red Hood. I'm a Red Hood person, personally mm-hmm. i want to use the guns don't know if i'll actually be able to kill probably rubber bullets so i think um so we did a or i did a big interview with uh, the producer and creative director the other day and they made specific reference to gear in that game covering melee weapon ranged weapon suit um so i believe everyone has ranged weapons of some kind um so it's okay. not so i think it's going to be as Obviously, Red Hood's guns make the most sense, and they'll probably be his primary thing that you would use. But it does mm-hmm. sound like Batgirl will have something, Robin will have She'll something. Have batarangs exactly. On, yeah. Like I think, I think we'll see more on how that works down the line. But it does sound like yeah. that at least is a standardized element. I just want to be Red Hood because I'm edgy, and I I'm just an edgy person. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the sound of this game is what I want. There's it's not a game to service, which is crucial. It's 
a two-player co-op or single player if you want to play it all by yourself story game in an open world Gotham that I don't know I just I just want it yeah there's not a lot more to say than it ticks all the boxes I think a lot of people were worried that it was taking an Assassin's Creed Odyssey type approach with the leveling um when they talk to us um they clarified more that the level the entire world is open from the beginning um Mm-hmm. and that levels scale with you and that there will be areas where there are like low people who scale to a lower level than you and areas where people scale to a higher level than you but that nothing will be blocked because of level mm-hmm. gating um which i liked what i also liked is that they said depending on your levels the types of enemies in those areas will change and it might even come down to um the story beats you've already hit so like the factions you'll find in certain areas will change depending on which villains you've taken down because you can go on simultaneous like villain hunts um which yeah. was a, a point matt asked me to ask them and was very astute um <laughs> but i like yeah the more i've seen i had basically when i first saw it, i was like yes this is absolutely for me the more i thought about thought about it the more i was like ah, is it gonna do what i kind of want out of one of these uh, out of a batman universe game after all this time and then when i had that chat with them and you can read a very long article of all the answers they gave us, answering a lot of big mm. questions on IGN. Um, it's very informative. There's, there was so much stuff they said that was just like the perfect answer to me, especially what I liked after being so vociferously against the idea of the Avengers not letting you create your own costumes. They've said, like, you get skin suits, but then you can adjust accessories on them and make them your own, which I think is a very good call. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm And it's excited. got the Court of Owls in, although they have confirmed the Court of Owls is not necessarily the main mystery of... Well, the one thing that I really th- like that Joe got out of them, which was what I'd sort of thought might be the case, is it sounds like there are multiple um, storylines going on at any one time and you can jump between them. It's kind yeah. of like, it is open-world Gotham. There are, let's say... 10 threats in Gotham and how you deal with that. Um, The one thing that I find really interesting about that idea of enemies changing with you as you level up and change and stuff like that is I hope there's a systemic layer to that because I've been waiting for WB games to do something again with Nemesis Mm. and not that it would be Nemesis system just in Gotham, which I do think would work anyway. But the idea of the being a systemic layer to what you're doing in Gotham changes yeah. the way that the enemies That'd approach be cool. you. Like if there was like a like a semi boss sort of thug who was like part of Penguin's gang, and you defeated Penguin, and then like he's like, I've gone off to join Riddler. I'm mm-hmm. now his boss. Mm. Like and he remembers you or something. That would be cool. I don't know how like, complicated. It sounds that is to, to me like that Mister Freeze battle. I get the impression is they they said it's halfway through Mister Freeze. So you're obviously going to fight him multiple times. Mm. I like the idea that, you know how the Mr. Freeze fight in Arkham City, he can remember what you've done to yeah, him, yeah. so you can't yeah. do... The idea that like he learns how what your playstyle is from battle to battle, Like if they could do mm. something like that, I'd be really into that. Well, and I like the idea of that being as well, like if there is 10 separate villain storylines or whatever, like that lends itself to co-op in a really nice way. It's like, I don't feel when I have to play it all with one person. Like I could do the Mister Freeze storyline with you, and then go, oh, Joe. Do you want to do Riddler together? So they they have clarified like, that that is a host guest situation. So you're not. I don't know if the guest is making progress in the same way. Like they probably earn uh, okay. loot and stuff for their character, but I don't think it. Com- 
they didn't say this out outwardly, but my guess is it does not complete that mission for you in your world by doing it. I think you might okay. just earn the stuff for it. One thing um, on the sort of systemic changing stuff that I really liked, and I, I have no idea how deep this will go, but they said, like, they want you to approach those situations dependent on level, dependent on enemy type, thinking not just about how to fight, but what gear you might take in to fight, because they made a point of there being, like, status effects and stuff like that, you know, more sort of on the Destiny level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, that's quite cool. It kind of reminds me of the comic booky idea of, like, Batman has a suit for every situation, you know, like he can dress up differently to take on different threats. And they didn't specifically say that was like the idea, but they definitely acknowledged that that was part of that feeling. And I do like the idea that maybe, you know, the Freeze gang versus the Penguin gang are going to have different weaknesses, but maybe I have to go to one to get the kind of thing that will weaken the other one and that kind of stuff. Like if they build in that real like RPG level systems thinking as Matt says that could be really really interesting I'm very into it and the way you can just build out the characters as well because they actually confirmed like you can have two Batgirls playing together if you want to play as a girl I can also play a Batgirl which I like they're not worried about oh it doesn't make sense like and we've already is... seen the two two uh, Batgirl costumes there of which one is Batgirl of Burnside with the yellow docks which is quite clearly what i'm going to wear for the entire game (laughs) but the fact that there are then like you can have her with the cowl on with the white lenses and stuff like Mm -hmm. that like i think the visual design of this is very much what i like what they say as well just on a gameplay level as well you can have two very different batgirls or two very different robins i'm just very they're doing basically everything that i wanted avengers to do so kind of last saturday i think if i was avengers they're gonna that game is out next week by the way the avengers game um which (laughs) i imagine will make a lot of money but um, they must be thinking like DC to me there of those two games even Suicide Squad bet from one trailer have got me more excited than I am for Avengers and they they obviously won't say it and my guess is probably not but I imagine if Gotham Knights was able to drop in other characters as DLC that you could then take around the full world and stuff like that mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of I, I'm questioning whether that's even possible with the kind of game they're making but even if it just meant a sequel where we get more of that kind of approach mm-hmm. to it or something, it, there's a lot there that I think is very promising. And at what point does Batman come back in that game as well? Do you think he'll be playable, or do you think he'll just come back in a story I think sense? If, there's no way he's dead. I think if he, I think it. if he's playable, to me that strikes me more as like post-game, where mm-hmm. maybe you get him back at the end, Court of Owls Resurrection or whatever the hell they're going to go with, but he's mm-hmm. he just can't be dead. It would just be... It seems ludicrous. Um, yeah. But it also makes me sound like, I just can't be dead, which I don't <laughs> think. I just don't believe it. Um, and can I play as Alfred? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I want to be an <laughs> Alfred main so bad. One cool little detail that I really liked, and I know this goes against the thing you were saying earlier about always playing Gotham at nighttime, but I do really like this idea. We asked them if there was a day-night cycle, um, and the idea is there is day and night, you only ever go out into Gotham at night, but your daytime sections are your prep between missions. So you go back to the Belfry, everyone takes their outfits off, so they're all just normal people having chats and stuff. That's where you talk to Alfred, that's where you spec up, and that's where a lot of the narrative beats happen. But that's all the daytime sections, and I really like this. There's some, again, something quite detective-y, some kind, something kind of comic booky about this idea that, like, that's when they live their their real existence and then their secret identities come out at night. And I I think that's properly cool. It fulfills the fantasy, right? Exactly. Like that's, that's what Batman's about. Yeah. Okay. I'm very excited. Uh, so Gotham Knights is out next year. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad 
2022 at the moment. We'll see where both those will. I mean, Gotham Knights looked, from what we saw, looks like it's fairly far on. Mm. I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't know when it's coming out. I'd guess next summer, maybe. I don't. It know. seems that kind, like that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Drop it and in the August slot. I'll be very happy. <laughs> uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad definitely is. Is Gotham Knights next gen only as well? I think it is, isn't it? I think they're both next gen only. Um, they did they no. confirm for Gotham Knights? Uh, I, I did. I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. It's everything, Maybe it right? is PS4. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it I might be know. everything. Yeah, it's on everything. Uh, I think Suicide Squad is next gen only. There we go. Uh, but those are games you'll be able to play in the future. There's some things you can play as of now. What? If you're a fan of Control, the AWE expansion dropped yesterday the altered world events expansion or the alan wake expansion or the alan wake experience whatever you want to call it um (laughs) dropped yesterday i reviewed it i gave it an eight because it is great um it's you've got about three to four hours of content in that's slightly shorter than i was expected is it packed though is it a packed Uh, three to four hours uh it's 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 the same sort of cadence as control did it's very much more control which i love control so that is never a bad thing to me that i'm getting more control it's maybe not as alan wake heavy as people maybe want there is no there is is it there's definitely stuff is it a spoiler to say if he's in it or not i don't even know how i'm not gonna spoil that for people okay uh but i will say there's definitely lots of elements like this uh, the main antagonist is a character from Alan Wake cool. and he he does speak to you there's the main stuff you're going to get is there's a lot of so you know how control and indeed Alan Wake there's a lot of extra reading to be done mm-hmm. of things you pick up that's the main thing you're going to get in the, all the correspondence and like letters you'll pick up there's a lot about the Bright Falls case and so you'll learn a lot more about that and the people of that town is it almost like learning about the story of alan wake from the perspective of the house yeah exactly mm. it's more from an investigate investigative point even um and yeah it's fun it's more control the new uh what's it called new service weapon type you get surge is quite fun it's like a sticky grenade launcher that you oh, fire at people and press the trigger again to set it off it's quite cool um and it's quite useful as well because there's new enemy types that uh, what they called? I've forgotten. I wrote this just then. I've forgotten it all already. Uh, the airborne ranger. That's it. They're jetpack users who oh, fire fuck off. grenades. I was never use. very good at the enemies that can fly. <laughs> it in really. Control. So yeah, it tests your shooting ability quite a lot because launch is pretty much ineffective against uh-huh. them. So you want to be using Pierce. That's my tip for you. But I was Pierce always a good. Pierce main anyway. Yeah, so Pierce, Pierce is the best. Um, and the final battle i'm not going to say what it is or what it entails is very good it actually uses the light and the dark in interesting ways so in this dlc the darkness kind of has invaded the house a little bit along with the villain and you use lamps as you would in alloate to clear the path you don't really use them in combat but you kind of half do in the final battle which is a cool thing nice so there's dark there is darkness in the house and when you're in the darkness it drains your energy meter so you can't Mm. you have to Mm -hmm. get into the light to restore your energy so you can't like dash or use your shield or anything so that's quite a cool extra mechanic and 
Crucially, the most fun parks. We all know launch is the best thing about control. That ability. Well, I just Nah, it's launch, mate. Because I powered up launch to max as well, so it just basically one shot everyone. Mm. I use it more than the gun. You can now multi launch, so if you hold <laughs> in R one, yes. then press L one two times, you can hold three things at once and target multiple en- enemies with launch. Yup, yup, yup. So that feels extra good. So yeah, it's good. It's short but sweet, I'd say, and it has a very good end little tease, which I won't spoil for everyone. Um, so it looks like Remedy are doing the right thing when they're building out this connected universe of their games. They're not just slapping things on; they're actually kind of intertwining them quite well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go next. I don't want to say where I think that will be yet because that will spoil it. I but am very excited to play it this weekend. I. It does yes. make me extremely sad to think that this might be the last bit of control ever because of how much I loved that game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I would be surprised. This isn't me spoiling everything. It is. I'd be surprised if we don't get more, more DLC control. No more control or, or control. Too. Oh, like, I think. We'll I, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely the case. I just mean this, this game. Oh, of this game. Yeah, yeah I think this is the end of this game. Yeah. If I'm honest, um, I almost don't want them to do another control. Like I like the thing I like about remedy is that they do bounce from idea to idea and i like the idea that there's now cohesion between them but i'd love to see another idea from their wacko brains can i imagine in six years if we get like the gotham knights equivalent where it's jesse fade and alan wake (laughs) max Payne, and what's the lad from quantum Um, (laughs) jack joyce yeah get four of them in an open world i only ever remember jack joyce's name because of how beautiful it sounds in sam lake's accent jack joyce it's amazing (laughs) um the can i can i give you my pitch for the my fantasy control game i want a control game where the bureau is actually working properly and the core is a management game in which you have to assign resources to all the different departments. Um, but then when there are incursions or uh, things you have to go to, you play the actual agents going out. So to... it's kind of like XCOM. Yeah, I'm, Bureau. Thinking, I'm thinking like, yeah, XCOM Bureau type vibe, but obviously a lot better. Maybe a bit of like Fallout Shelter stuff, look in there. Because obviously everything lends itself to this right you you have to clear out areas of the hiss or or whatever the the oldest house is mm. holding to build new rooms and then the building itself can shift so it's suddenly like oh no my research department's fallen into the abyss um, <laughs> i just think it'd be amazing and uh if anyone at remedy does want to get in touch with me uh my mobile number we are willing to write your xcom game yeah 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i've thrown myself into that as well note the use of we um, so, <laughs> uh, another game that's out today. If you're into mad football games, have I got one for you? Because me and Joe have been playing a bit of Captain Subasa, <laughs> Rise of the New Champion, Rise of New Champions, whatever it's called. Um, up until a few days ago, I knew nothing of Captain Subasa, and now you've watched the entire anime. Lovely, let's. I have not watched the entire anime because. I don't have the time, and I didn't realise it started as a manga in 1981, so I did not know it had been going on this long. Apparently inspired Uh, Zinedine Zidane to become a footballer. Yeah. If you want more Captain Tsubasa facts, um, check out me and Joe have done a Let's Play on um, IGN. I'm sure one of us will tweet it out um, when it's live later on Friday, if not Saturday. Um, Give that a watch. Play a full match against each other. It's an odd game, because I can't tell... If it's terrible, but we did have a lot of fun playing it together. (laughs) 
it was. So I don't know what to... Well, I think... It's a weird I one. I think the I, thing to remember is, like, it is presented as a football game, you interact with it like a football game, but it is not a football game. Like, it is no, a... it's a fighting game, really. It's a fighting game with 11 characters on each side, which makes it sound more complicated than it is. It's pretty basic. <laughs> um, the stuff I'm interested in is whether that how deep it actually goes so i played about an hour of the story mode after we finished and like there's a lot of fucking chatting away anime Waffle. style yeah. um i'm interested in whether there is a team building idea because there are like combos and stuff you can do and certain players near each other will activate different effects so like that starts to delve into like a live action tactics game in some respects and like yeah. oh sorry real time tactics game I don't know if that's ever actually a choice you get to make, but I kind of like the idea of almost treating it like deck building where you get millions of party members and get to build a team that works in certain ways and has certain effects and combos built in. That would be cool. I think that that sounds fun because the problem was I think I was trying to play it like a football game and you can't do that mm-hmm. because the passing's just not very good and, and you can't really shoot properly because you, you have to fill up your spirit gauge. You do. Um, by doing special dribble moves past opponents and getting in the zone yeah. and then holding in the shoot button for as long as possible, which goes against every instinct I have from playing yeah. a football game. And then unleashing in my case I was using I was Toho Academy. I had Huga mm-hmm. who has a tiger shot which the goalkeeper could not handle. No, it was fucking annoying. Just ripped right through his hands. I will say all the shot animations and the goalkeeper animations that they cut to are really they cool. are very proper. amazing well animated anime clips yeah. it's not normally my sort of thing but i'm i could play a little bit more yeah. of it it feels like it feels very much in in look at least it feels like it's on the dragon ball fighters level of really mm-hmm. effectively communicating the look of an anime in an interactive video game and i think that's always worth praising because that's very hard to do yeah. like i've never met a subasa captain subasa fan but i would be intrigued to know what they think of this game is this like for I know if you're a fan of that anime or that manga series this could be a dream game and they've absolutely nailed it so I'd be intrigued to know if you are a Captain Subasa fan <laughs> please email us at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com um, because I want to know from people that actually know about Captain Subasa <laughs> please be someone out there uh, speaking of feedback yeah like we said there's no quiz this week should we get on to some let's feedback let's do it yeah, I think it's you first, Joe. Oh, okay. Hello. Excuse oh. me. This is from Rory Pallister. All right, lads. Big fan of the pod and everything you guys do. Uh, following watching a few shows that were a tad of a heavy watch during lockdown, Devs, yes, the, the Expanse, yes, the Americans, yes, I decided to watch a few shows with lower stakes, including The Trip, The, Detec- the Detectorists, and Mortimer and White House Gone Fishing. And I've been really enjoying watching shows where the worst case scenario is not the end of the world. <laughs> That's really good. I was wondering if there are any low stakes shows you like to go back to that you find an easy watch. Be safe and for Christ's sake, respect the sea, Rory. <laughs> wise words, always. Always respect the wise sea. words. For Christ's sake. Uh, I have I always go back to comedies for stuff like that. Like mm. I'm most of the way through my annual peep show rewatch at the oh, moment. Oh, we did that earlier this year. I normally do I do that with the office and with partridge and everything but i also i do like high stakes stuff as well so i normally have one going at all times mm. i'm 
on my first watch through of Lost at the moment. 17 episodes into season one, so I'm getting on with it. I mean, that's that's a bit it. heavier than Peep Show. There's, there's exactly, some, that's, that's my They are stuck stuff. on an island. I'm also watching Avatar through for the yes. first time as well, and that's kind of, although it's not, you know, it's in the middle. It's medium stake mm. stuff. It's 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 a kids' cartoon, really, isn't it? So it's it's nice to have one in the background. Um, I will <laughs> say Mortimer, Mortimer, and why can't I fucking say Mortimer and <laughs> White House Gone Fishing um, is an incredibly good shout for this. That show is just yeah. gorgeous. Um, at the moment, I am watching for the first time Friday Night Dinner, which I did not expect to like, and actually think is really it's good. So much better than it has any right yeah. to be, considering <laughs> its weird format. Um, but I think it's incredibly well written. What I'll say about it that I think is very nice and very applicable to this. So when I saw this email come in I was like, this is perfect. What I think makes it so perfect for the low stakes thing is it's one of those sitcoms written where essentially the bones of every single episode in the entire show are exactly the same. So it gets to become like comfort food very quickly where it's like they always turn up, they always start having dinner, they're always interrupted by the same neighbour, there's always a big problem and then it ends on a big stupid joke that's never resolved again and like every episode i watch i'm just like oh this is very easy very chill um and the dad character is just fucking hilarious it's amazing i love him uh yeah Uh, so my recommendation recommendation for this would be a show called joe Perra talks with you (gasps) yes any of you guys have heard of this oh my god yes not so uh, it's one of these where I'll admit lockdown is not an easy time for me. So I've been finding a few things that are a bit more kind of on the relaxing scale. And basically Joe Perra talks with you is they're about 12 minutes each. They're really short. And Joe Perra is just, he's a comedian and he is kind of, he's playing himself, but it's an exaggerated version of himself. And it's very difficult to know what that exaggeration is because I've never seen what he really is like. So I've listened to an interview with the real Joe Perra and it is astonishing how close he seems to be to the character. Because he's a, he, he essentially is, he's a man in his 30s who seems to be playing a character who is a man in his 60s. Um, yeah. With a lot of the mannerisms of that. Um, but he's I'll got let you, a very awkwardness. It, yeah. yeah, like holds his shoulders like very high. Um, he walks very slowly. He's a music teacher at like a middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lives on his own with a dog and like his biggest love in life really is his grandma and one episode which is my favorite one is where he falls in love with the who oh. but only babro riley oh my god it's so good <laughs> that honestly if you watch one episode to see what it's like it's all on um, all four i think uh, yeah mm-hmm. the the who episode is just like astonishingly good and lovely it's because it's an adult swim show so you go in with an expe- expectation that it's going to be in some way like edgy comedy or creepy and especially because he's playing a 60 year old teacher who's quite mild-mannered and odd you kind of keep expecting it to go in like a horrible direction but the entire point is the show is just really nice and he's just explaining his life to you very quietly and like it started the pilot was him reading you a bedtime story and that's the entire point Mm -hmm. um often it goes nowhere but it's always got a good laugh if you know Connor O'Malley from anything, he's also in it as an angry man, which is his greatest role. Um, Connor O'Malley's one of the best people on the internet. And yeah, oh man, what a great pick. That is such a good shout, man. <laughs> it's interesting because I watched the the like, the like original pilot they did because that's also wonderful. And that is quite a different show because I think it, it almost takes the piss out of him a mm. little bit more. 
Whereas when they actually settled on what the show is, it's not it. Like the show genuinely adores its main character, mm. who, yes, is very naive. Like all of his interests are. The arc of the second series is all basically about him growing beans. <laughs> yeah. But it's it is kind of just beautiful. There's there's an episode which is just him going to the supermarket, and like he's just got these rules where he asks himself three questions and he'll buy it if he can afford it, if he needs it, and if he'll definitely eat it. Um, and but that low stakes, just feeling that he's just he's just a nice guy with a few quirks, and watching those quirks because those quirks do evolve over the two two seasons, but. Yeah, it's it's just lovely. You don't ever have to worry. That's the thing. Once you've watched about three of them, and you realise nothing's going to go wrong, yeah. and you're in like a safe pair of hands, and it's gonna be fine. Um, ran out of them way too quickly, but they are very rewatchable. That is so good, nice, good wreck. Right, got some feedback, Matt. Yeah, I do. This one is from Ryan Skinner. He says, "Hey all." I've been enjoying the conversation you all have around console exclusives. I don't have a strong opinion about it, so hearing all the perspectives has been enlightening. However, I do have two questions on the topic. Do you, Number one, do you think we would be having this conversation if Microsoft had as many good exclusives as Sony? For example, if Xbox was getting Iron Man and Sony was getting Spider-Man, would we still be having as heated conversations around this topic? And two, why does Nintendo seem to be excluded from the pushback against console exclusion? Have have they just removed themselves so far from the console war conversation that nobody really cares? Thanks for the awesome content, Ryan from Colorado. Uh, Where I we think stand, on the boys. One on Nintendo, I think you've pretty much nailed it. I think they're so different that no one's no one's ever asking for Zelda on PS4. Well, are they? they are, but the 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 answer they is realize. so obvious <laughs> that it's just like makes no difference yeah. you know like i think nintendo have just established themselves as the second console people at this point or like the non-console console people um mm-hmm. and, and i think what they offer in their games is so different that it almost feels okay to have that in like its separate own little console ecosystem whereas playstation and microsoft i think are more different these days than they ever have been but they still offer mature rated violent shooty stuff mm. um i think to your first point about iron man versus spider-man i i don't think we'd be having the conversation about console exclusives we are having we'd be having a very different one which is what the fuck is going on <laughs> why are you doing that that's stupid um which i know is partly the conversation now but i think the spider-man thing as it stands is more rooted in business and that would be more rooted in almost tokenism like creating a difference between games rather than uniting them um i think the conversation right now is we have uh, which we've touched on before is that we have reached a point at which the expectation is console exclusives outside of hand you know homemade for want of a better term first party made games um there shouldn't really be a difference between those games anymore and at bet you know we're getting to a point where people expect them to be cross play cross progression you know like being able to play games across everything with anyone you want feels way more of an expectation than it did even a year ago um like i would be quite surprised now if a shooter came out and it was made hard for me to play with other people because call of duty's done it so well for the last couple of years and you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. has really come in um that would be what i say yeah i think you've you've nailed it uh got 
piece of feedback here from Elliot O'Neill. There's a very important question. Yep. Starts off with huge fan, listen every week. I love you all equally. Absolutely no favouritism here. That's, that's good. Although, keen to hear more about Matt's peach ring. To which I'd any say... Any more updates on peach <laughs> rings? Matt? Elliot, go home and paint your blood angels. Okay. Me, uh, me, and Elliot, me and Elliot both know each other through Warhammer to a degree, so there we go. it'll be off painting Blood Angels. I want to know about the peach ring there. Um, <laughs> wonder if you could settle a debate I've been having regarding sweets. What is it called? A. Pick a mix. B. Pick and mix. Or C. Pick and mix. Cheers, lads. Elliot from Bath. I have an opinion so on this. So do I. I would write pick and mix, yes, I would. but I kind of say pick a mix. Oh, really? I kind of say it too ah. quick that I kind of go pick so a I'd mix. So I'd say formal, if you're at a, you know, a dinner party, C, pick and mix. But with your mates, <laughs> B, pick and mix. But pick I would always yeah. write pick and, mix. pick and mix. Yeah, I think I say pick a mix, but I say it so quickly, it kind of fades. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't it's know certainly, what I'm doing. I have doing. never seen, seen it written as pick a mix, because... No. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, I, like, actually, no, I, well, do, I, I do it think it bit. does mean something because it's like yeah. you are picking a mix of sweets. But for me, it's, I guess, is option D kind of pick a n mix, as in you're dropping <laughs> the D and, because mix. yeah, as in like you're dropping yeah. the D from the an, because yeah. you're contracting the words together, so it's pick and mix. That's mm. B, isn't it? Pick and mix. Well, but I think I put a little bit more I emphasis on an A. There. A little bit okay, more okay. pick and pick and mix, not pick and pick and pick and mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like you know, no one writes guns and roses, do they? It's guns. Well, it'd be and weird roses. if they did because that's literally not the name of the band. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, good insight. Let us know. Uh, actually, don't let us know about that because that's that's not a good thing to write feedback in on your answer to that. I did. Sorry, but I did. I did just. Think, I was trying to think of a version of the Guns and Roses thing that works, and the one I can come up with is: <laughs> imagine if we called them "Beat Them Up Games." <laughs> <laughs> I like "Beat Them Up Games," uh, so uh, that's my kind of that's my standing in the world. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, yeah. Do keep your Tenet feedback coming in, because we will, in the next week or two, do a little spoiler section on Tenet. Me, Joe, and Matt have all seen it at this point, and I assume by the time next week more people will have. Uh, I'm sure we all have a variety of thoughts on it, but yeah, keep your feedback coming in on Tenet. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Spoiler for the spoiler cast. Disappointing! Uh, oh, <laughs> there we go. I'm in the middle. I, 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 I'd... I liked it, but uh, not his best, no. which I think is tends to be the consensus opinion. I mean, there's several um, five-star reviews out there, mate. You know, there's yeah, know. some people really rate it. Some people gave it two stars, which I do think is, you know, it's not a two-star film. Um, but there we go. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. It's been a lovely time. Big energy. Thank you, Joe and Matt. Big energy. Oh, it was big energy. Massive energy. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the title of this podcast. Big Energy Friday. Big Energy Podcast. Big Energy Roundup. Big, big Defoe, big Willem Defoe energy. <laughs> that actually kind of works. Yeah, yeah, we'll go big for that. Big Willem Defoe energy is perfect. Uh, lovely. Um, and as promised, here is the end of search theme to play us out. We're not doing a quiz Goodbye. after it, it's just the end. All right? Yeah, yeah, there is no quiz. Don't even wait, there's no quiz. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Inside.